Have you heard of the pastor who influenced those who followed him to fast to the point of starvation? There is a news report out of Kenya that there was a mass grave found made up or filled up with the bodies of those who followed this pastor's direction on what they needed to do to get into heaven. Scenarios like this show how accurate Jesus Christ was and foretelling us of the boom of false prophets that would come on the world scene during the end times. In this video and episode, we're going to look at what Jesus Christ and his handpicked disciples, what they said to look for about false prophets leading up to Jesus Christ's return, as well as how to tell who God has really sent. If this is the first time we're meeting, my name is Chris, and this is Foundation Bible Studies, where I seek to help connect you with your creator and Jesus Christ, both informationally and experientially, so you can find the significance and purpose that you were created for. As we jump into this article, I want to encourage you to like and subscribe to the channel if you get anything out of it. So that way you know exactly when we post new content, whether news content or biblical lesson and direction content. And with that, let's jump into this article. Now this article comes to us through the Daily Mail, which I think they got the original article from the Christian Post. I will link this article in the description, whether you're on YouTube or on the podcast version. But the headline is cult leader who told his Good News International church members to prepare for the end of the world by starving themselves to be charged with murder after 429 bodies are found in mass graves. This article was written on the 16th of January. At the time of recording, it is the 22nd of January 2024. But continuing on, it says Paul McKenzie has been accused of convincing followers to starve themselves. More than 400 dead bodies were found in a mass grave in Kenya. He and more than 90 others have been charged with murder. A cult leader who allegedly told his followers to starve themselves to prepare for the end of the world has been charged with murder after mass graves filled with 429 dead bodies were found in a Kenyan forest. Kenya's director of public prosecutions said on Tuesday that Paul McKenzie, along with, not, with more than 90 others, will be charged with murder, manslaughter, radicalization, cruelty, and child torture, among other crimes, after the bodies were dug up last April. The more than 400 bodies, which include children, have been dug up from dozens of mass graves in the remote Shakahola Forest in southwest Kenya. Most showed signs of starvation, but many, including children, bore markings that indicated they had been abused. McKenzie currently in prison after being convicted of running an illegal film studio for his church last November and his underlings are accused of telling followers of the Good News and Church to starve themselves to prepare to enter heaven. Now, if you're on the if you're on YouTube, you can obviously see this picture and the caption says this is Paul McKenzie He's the one center picture at the top and his underlings are accused of convincing followers of the Good News Church, International Church to starve themselves 
the death. Uh, and we'll continue on it. Talk some more about this later in the article. As we scroll down, you can see of the mass graves that were found where they, as you'll see in some of the other pictures, if you're on the audio version, there's just these these mounds of dug up dirt where they found these bodies. In another picture, you can see Kenyan officers, military, healthcare professionals, I'm sure. You can see them carrying the white bags, which they put these bodies or skeletons perhaps in. And the caption says, investigators dug up the bodies, many of them being children. And the thing that sucks is children, this goes back to what we're dealing with here in America, they are so impressionable. They don't know any better. They're going to listen to an adult because adults should know better. Should go. Let me know where you're at and if there's anything like this going on, unfortunately, where you're at in the world. Continuing on, it says, Mackenzie denies the charges, claiming that he could not have caused the death of the many hundreds found in mass graves as he closed his church down in 2019. The top official in charge of Kenya's prosecutions, Mulele Nga, pushed the charges in response to pressure from a magistrate in the coastal county of Khalifi, who threatened a prosecution to charge the suspects within two weeks, else the court would release them. Now, as I said, I will link this down below in the description. And just as we have read up to this point, what do you think so far about these things? We have seen things here in America with cult leaders in our past, such as in Waco, Texas and different ones. We've seen people in South America. We've seen people in Europe. And so these things Jesus told us, as we're going to see, these things are going to continue to happen because sin, the condition and nature of sin influences us, many of us, not all of us, but influences those who are power hungry to find ways to manipulate people. And if you're not aware how real the supernatural is and how real the condition and nature of sin is within us, then I want you to check out my playlist. The Search for Truth Bible Studies, which I continue to build out as it is based on a Bible study curriculum. It is made up of 12 lessons, and I'll be making two sets of playlists, one that goes very in-depth and one that just kind of skims the surface, and it should be 12 videos. But you'll go from Genesis to Revelation in both of them, and you'll have a solid beginner's overview of the Bible. But with that, let's look and see what Jesus Christ himself told us about the end times, about those who would claim to be Christians, claim to be prophets, apostles, pastors, something that deals with Christianity. And so one of the first places we can go that I'm sure for many versed or those of us who, who know the scriptures a bit, one of the first places we can go is in what's called the Gospel of Matthew. This was one of Jesus's handpicked disciples and apostles aka an ambassador and starting at the 15th verse we read this it says in the seventh chapter starting at the 15th verse it says beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravaging wolves now the significance of the sheep's clothing is that god many times describes those who humbly sincerely follow him as sheep and you have to understand the nature of sheep they are very dependent upon their shepherd they cannot 
they don't have any means of natural defense unless you're a ram. And so many times sheep can be ravaged, as we see here, just by being sheep that don't have a shepherd to watch over them. So once again, it says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. They're acting like they're one of God's sheep or that they're sent by God. But inwardly, they are ravaging wolves. They, they'll, wolves will sneak around. They'll hunt you down. They will, they will work together as a pack to tear you apart. You'll recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit. Neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. And so Jesus is telling us, you're not going to expect to get thorns and all these different things from a fruit tree. You're going to find thorns from a thorn bush. You can find thorns on a rose bush, sure, of course. But you think of tumbleweeds or any similar type of shrub or bush or weed. You're going to find that they, they're not going to produce fruit. They're going to, they're going to be a weed. They're going to produce thorns. I, I get weeds in my backyard and they produce thorns, some of them. Verse 18, a good tree can't produce bad fruit, neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. This is a reference to hell and eventually the lake of fire. So you'll recognize them by their fruit. So Jesus tells us from the top, he says, you're going to recognize who I send and who I don't send by the fruit they produce, what the outcome of their lives are. Of course, fruit doesn't just pop up out of nowhere. It's connected to a tree or it's connected to a vine. And that tree or that vine or those branches, they are the extension of that plant. And that plant represents our lives, your life, my life. And so the extension, the branches, the vines, and the fruits are what flows from within. It, it flows from what that tree produces, what that plant produces. Continuing on to verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, and do many miracles in your name? So they will have been doing the supernatural. Even in Jesus' name, they will have been doing the supernatural. Verse 23, then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. And so Jesus himself, he tells us, he says that there are going to be people that claim to be Christians. They wear they they wear the outward identity. Maybe they look well put together. They talk. They have the lingo and all these different things. But he said you're going to know them by their fruits. Many times, unfortunately, people are manipulated, taken advantage of, and we can see that with instances like with this pastor from Kenya, where he's. He's done some horrible things, heartbreaking things. And, you know, we, we think that God doesn't see. But there was a man named the Apostle Paul who was a murderer. 
who murdered God's people. And God is patient and long-suffering because with the Apostle Paul, God showed that he wants everybody to turn to him. He wants them to admit all the horrible things that they've done and that he will forgive them. But there are things sometimes that come along with it. We reap what we sow. We if we sow or plant apple seeds, we're going to get apple trees. If we sow the seeds of weed plants like dandelions and all these different types of weeds, then that's what we're going to get. If we allow the weeds to grow and reproduce, we're going to get weeds. And so the Apostle Paul, Satan fought against him, but God forgave the Apostle Paul. And so sometimes we look at individuals like this Paul McKenzie and we're like, why doesn't God judge him right now? God is merciful. He's he's long suffering. He suffers long with each and every one of us. And so could be for repentance. He doesn't want anybody to perish because whether the any sin, whether big or small, is just evidence of our human sinfulness and it's that condition of sinfulness that is going to cause us to be judged and our actions are the outgrowth or the fruits the reproduction or what's observable of our sinful human nature so moving on to first timothy chapter four this is a letter written to a pastor named timothy he is the protege of the Apostle Paul, who I was just referencing, and he's trying to encourage Timothy not to be fearful and yet also trying to give Timothy some heads up that Jesus Christ had given Paul himself. And so in the fourth chapter of this first letter to Timothy, starting in verse one, we read this. It says, now the spirit, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Now the spirit explicitly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits. So there are spirits, and I have a lesson on that, a video on that. I'll link it down below. There are spirits that have rebelled against God because they wanted to take God's place. Lucifer, a.k.a. Satan, being the chief of them. Paying attention to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons through the hypocrisy of liars whose consciences are seared. So these spirits, these demonic rebellious spirits, they work through people. They forbid marriage and demand abstinence from foods. Hmm, sounds like it hits the nail right on the head. They forbid marriage and demand abstinence from food. They demand that they stop eating foods that God created to be received with gratitude by those who believe and know the truth. Does God know what's going on in these times? He absolutely does. Will God hold this Paul McKenzie accountable for what he's done unless he turns away from his error, his sin, his egregious sin and error and rebellion? God will hold him accountable if he doesn't repent, turn away from this. And talking about the judgments of false prophets who are going to continue in their error, we find that the Apostle Peter, another handpicked disciple and ambassador of Jesus Christ, we find that the Apostle Peter, that he talks about this same topic of false prophets. But there are also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. 
they will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them and will bring in swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their unrestrained ways and the way of truth, talking about legit biblical Christianity, and the way of truth will be blasphemed because of them. They will exploit you in their greed with deceptive words. Their condemnation, pronounced long ago, is not idle, and their destruction does not sleep. And so God knows, he knew and knows, but he knew and foretold us. That's why he had the scriptures written down to foretell us so we would know of what to be careful of. He says that they would bring in destructive heresies, that the way of truth would be blasphemed. That's what's going on with Christianity in general, worldwide, that they would have unrestrained ways. They would exploit you in their greed with deceptive words that sounds exactly like what is going on time and time and time again in our world today whether you're american you're kenyan african european asian whatever wherever you're from uh, caribbean pacific islander you can find examples of this unfortunately the world over so a quick question is have you ever come into contact with anything like this where you had you found yourself in a church that just maybe there are legit times where we don't agree with something but it is right i've been there and you know you could check out my kind of pictorial testimony video on my youtube page it's the first video that pops up when you check out the home page but sometimes we get deceived or we find ourselves in a cult i was almost led into a cult as jesus was trying to get my attention and I, I thank God that he had somebody there to intervene on my behalf. So perhaps a video like this, a podcast like this can help you uh, to intervene in that scenario. Now, in talking about the true church and Jesus talking about his church, because that word church in its original Greek language, it was not solely used for Jesus's church. It was a word that was already used within Roman and Greek political structures. And so Jesus takes that concept and he says, well, I'm going to have a church. And so this is what he says yet again in the gospel of Matthew in chapter 16, starting in verse 13. He says, it's, it says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man am? So he's asking, what do, who do people say that I am? That's an important question. Verse 14, it says, So they said, his disciples, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So one of God's old prophets, maybe they came back to life. Jeremiah was one of them. Elijah was one of them. John the Baptist was Jesus's cousin who had been beheaded. And the king who beheaded him he was hearing about all these miracles and signs and wonders that Jesus was doing. And the king, his name was King Herod, he was saying that John the Baptist had been resurrected back to life. And that's why these supernatural signs were taking place and who he thought Jesus was. Verse 15, he said to them, Jesus said to them, 
but who do you say that I am? So he's asking his disciples, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter, we just talked about Peter's letter. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ or the Messiah, the son or the offspring of the living God. And this is what Jesus says. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, Petros, and on this rock, on this revelation that God has given you, on this rock, Petra, two different words, kind of a different video, but, and on this rock, I will build my church, Jesus's church, and the gates of Hades, or the gates of hell, the government of hell, Satan and all his forces, the gates of Hades, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so Jesus says, yes, there's going to be these false prophets, his apostles, his ambassadors tell us there's going to be these false prophets. This is how you're going to know by the outcome of their lives, the fruit that they're bearing, their heretic teachings, their deceptive words, their greed, their exploitation of people. This is how you're going to know. And so Jesus says, but in spite of all this craziness, the gates of hell, the government of hell, the government of Hades, Satan, Lucifer, all his demons, his principalities and powers, they're not going to overcome my church, his church, the church that baptizes in Jesus's name, like the apostles did, all the apostles did, and that are experientially filled with his Holy Spirit, with the sign of praying in the spirit, which the outward evidence or outward sign is the sign of speaking in another language supernaturally as the spirit of God, the supernatural presence of God empowers us to speak. And so Jesus himself says, the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, the government of hell shall not prevail against his church. And so how do we know who to who's a false prophet and who's a real prophet? Well, this is kind of one of those lessons you can find out who's a real versus a false prophet, as I've laid out some things. But going back to where we were reading in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13, it says, enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who go through it. There are many people that don't want to take the hard road. They don't want to take the hard route. Verse 14, how narrow is the gate and difficult to the road that leads to life, and few find it. Verse 15, here we are again. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit. Every bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit. Neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So you'll recognize them by their fruits. And so when we look at this horrible tragedy that is being exposed, what are your thoughts about such things? And what are your thoughts about how Jesus warned us and yet to see these things be taking place? Does it validate God's word in your mind? Perhaps you're a skeptic, an atheist. What how can Jesus know that these things would happen, that people would be told to abstain from foods 
that God created to be received joyfully, gratefully. Now, this is just one of the indicators or signs of the end times. If you don't know any of the others, I want to point you to a video right here and you can check it out if you're here on YouTube. I'll link it down below if you're on the audio version where I talk about the signs of the end times. And until the next video, God bless you in Jesus name.